Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Murgy, your host for Bold Brands, a podcast presented by Bold Metrics that focuses on innovation and technology in the apparel e-commerce space. We speak with the founders and CEOs about the challenges they face and how they use technology to grow and scale their brands. On this episode, we're speaking with Max Perez, the founder of Xsuit. We'll be digging into how his digitally native suiting brand is truly transforming the space with innovative fabric technology that's soft and stretchy while still looking like a suit, requires less cleaning, no ironing, adding up to being the most comfortable suit you can wear. Max, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. So you started X-Suits um, with one men's suit that launched on Kickstarter in 2017. And that became the most funded suit of all time with, I think, over $600,000 in funding. That's pretty amazing. Before we kind of jump into the company and what you guys are up to, could you give the audience a little background about yourself and really what prompted you to launch X-Suits? Sure. I mean, um, originally, I do come from a fashion background. My family owns a trading company um, manufacturing for a lot of fashion brands uh, back in the U.S. And, you know, it was always part of the plan for me to start up a fashion brand with my brothers. Now, I had a bit of a shift, um, you know, after studying. I was pushed out of my university, out of my fashion show, actually, to uh, join a PR uh, agency as a creative director which I did for about four to five years and working in that company, um, you know, corporate world had to wear a suit every day. And I just despised every minute of wearing one. So I just remember, you know, waking up in the morning, I had about five to 10 suits in my closet. I was just, you know, getting dressed to go to work, being super uncomfortable all day at the office, just constricted. And where, um, where were you working? Where, where at in the world were you working? In Shanghai. Shanghai so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I moved from Canada. I'm originally Canadian. Moved over to Shanghai in 2010, I believe, to do my studies here, actually. Right. So I did, um, I did a, a bachelor in Chinese literature and then uh, furthermore did a, another bachelor in fashion design and technology at a French university who has a branch in Shanghai. So yeah, so going back to working in PR, I just never uh, enjoyed wearing a suit. You know, it was the kind of outfit that as soon as I got home, I just wanted to take right off. That was the first thing I was doing getting home. Um, however, I do recall being looked at very differently when wearing a suit. So the kind of persona that a suit puts off, like it's kind of like a power right. outfit. Right. So I remember some occasions where I had, you know, meetings over the weekend where I would dress down and yep. I noticed people look at you differently, especially when you're younger. Right. Yeah. When you're younger, um, you know, wearing a suit definitely uh, raises the image that you have in front of, you know, especially in a business corporate environment. So um, when I finally decided to quit um, my job at the PR agency and, you know, take that leap to start my own company, um, I was kind of like conceptualizing what would the brand be about? What products would we develop? Obviously, always in fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the suit just kept coming back where I just saw so many issues uh, with the modern day suit that I could resolve through patterns, through fabrics, uh, and so on. So that was where X suit was, the initial idea was born, was to create a stretchy suit, you know. 
Yeah. Um, and probably one that's more comfortable to wear in climates like Shanghai. I know I've spent time there and there's no way I could have survived in a suit there. So exactly. And uh, actually like the, how the whole nanotechnology and the, um, the zero maintenance came to be was by fluke, you know, just in the active process of developing the product, I was at a trade show and I was grabbing a coffee and I met this American, this American gentleman who was right next to me. We started to chit chat about, you know, fabrics and whatnot, what we were doing. And he was actually working for the biggest nanotechnology company in the USA, uh, who mainly works with the American army. So they apply their technology to make um, army wear more durable, um, you know, and so on. And, you know, I just threw X suit at him and said, hey, listen, I'm trying to change the suit game here. Would you be interested in potentially, you know, applying that kind of finishing on our suits? And at first he was kind of like, you know, we don't normally do commercial wear, like uh, mass market fashion stuff. We're trying to right. do more technical stuff for maybe security, maybe the industrial sector, the army and so on. But he was open through a bit of like pushiness. He was open to, to trying that out with us. Cool. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, sent them the fabrics back and forth. One thing led to another. And that became one of the prominent features of the egg suit, um, you know, to making it the zero maintenance suit on top of the comfort. That's great. So you kind of hit on some of the key properties. I know you're at least on Rev 2 of the suit. Can you kind of explain how it's evolved and then just hit on the key bullet points of like re what really makes it different from other suits out there? So the first thing that, that um, makes it like sets it apart from the competition has to be the amount of stretch that we put into the suit. Um, not only, so a lot of brands do the stretch suit. So they'll add like maybe two to 4% uh, spandex on the outer shell of the suit. Uh, but that doesn't help much as, you know, a suit moves from the inside out and not the outside in. So meaning right. the lining is not stretchy. Adding a bit of spandex on the outer shell is completely useless. It's right. just, you know, to write that on the label. So that's where I started was from the lining. You know, how could I add as much stretch in the lining and that's where we opted to go with some nylon super spandex, like eight to 10% uh, spandex on the lining. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, uh, the outer shell having that stretch. Uh, the challenge there, by the way, was um, in the manufacturing process, especially for suitings, which required special machinery and a special uh, craftsmanship, um, you know, to combine. So for people who don't know, but to combine multiple stretch fabrics together and sew them is quite challenging for a factory that normally is used to doing woven fabrics. Right. Yeah. Um, so there was a big, there was a big learning curve there to get that right. That took about, you know, a good six months to a year to perfect that side of the product, that, that main feature, which is the stretch. And then, um, and then the nanotechnology is the other, the other big one. Um, you know, something that we do a bit different than other brands where they'll apply the coating on the top layer of the fabric, which, you know, only lasts three, four, five washes. Uh, we apply it on the actual yarns. So that's before the fabric is is constructed into a roll, uh, which you know renders it um, you know 15 to 20 washes, 30 washes at some time, depending how you care for your garment, and that just makes the fabric wrinkle resistant, odor resistant, and uh, liquid stain resistant. Awesome. Um, so that's the other main feature, which all this together just makes it a low maintenance garment, right? The fact that you don't need to care for it as much as a traditional suit uh you can you know 
throw it on your dresser at night, pick it back up without having to worry for wrinkles. You can get a little bit of a coffee stain on it, or, you know, if it's raining outside, not have to worry about getting wet or stained. Um, you know, wearing it for an extended period of time, thanks to its odor resistance without requiring, you know, uh, constant dry cleaning or as frequent dry cleaning. And uh, so, yeah, so basically this, the, the main theme here is comfort, comfort right. in how you wear it and comfort in just maintenance in general. That's great. So you, you going back, so you launched on Kickstarter and then became a direct to consumer brand. What kind of led you to that mindset of being DTC? Um, so the main two reasons that I opted to stick to DTC, the first was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my family uh, runs a trading company, work with some of the biggest brands who are mostly retailers. Mm -hmm. They work wholesale or retail. And, you know, I met a bunch of the owners of those company um, who all, uh, I mean, seeing that I've, I, I noticed that one big issue with working with retailers is the markups. Right. Um, which was something I noticed that essentially if you're selling to a retailer, you're adding in your markup, might it be 2x, 2.5x. And then the wholesaler, uh, as they put it in their store, uh, will mark it up another, you know, two to three x, right, which is pretty standard yeah. in the fashion industry. I mean, give or take a little bit, depending the, the size of the, of the brand and so on. Right. But that's normally how the fashion industry works. Right. So I just, you know, coming from, uh, I'm a millennial. So, I mean, I do most of my shopping online and I just thought that if I could offer a better UX, a better UI on our website and make it easier for customers to be able to choose their sizes and whatnot, I could essentially save half of the price, uh, where our suit normally would have to cost anywhere between 700 to a thousand dollars in stores. Uh, I could cut down, uh, cut that down by half, uh, and be able to, you know, carry those savings over to our clients. So, so that was actually the main deciding factor was a, the price yeah. and B uh, myself being, you know, a millennial and just being used to buying online. And I figured that this suit would appeal more to, you know, the 30 to 45 uh, age bracket. Uh, so yeah. I just thought that it made sense, you know, to take that route as opposed to splitting myself up and, you know, doing both or focusing on retail. I'm sure like the innovative fabrics and the technology that you're putting into the suit also makes it a lot easier to go DTC and still offer that value versus having to mark it up so much, right? Exactly. I mean, the UVPs kind of sell themselves. Um, it's still at our current level, it is still, um, you know, costly to acquire customers. But once we do acquire customers, we um, were able to really ramp up, you know, the repeat purchases, because right. essentially, you know, anybody who's buying a suit from us, you know, and kind of is hesitant on that for first purchase, once they receive the product in their hands, uh, they just praise it and tell me like, hey, you know, I own Hugo Boss, I own Armani's, and I can't wear any other suits. Not to say that your suit is, you know, more stylish, right? Um, but it's definitely more comfortable. And it makes it very hard to go back to like, you know, using a Blackberry when you're used to yeah. using an iPhone. Yeah, for sure. That's great. So the style, the brand, super important for suits, but also another thing that's hard to get right and nail is really the fit and sizing for the type of product you're making. So how do you guys approach that? Um, and what went into kind of nailing the fit for your product and, 
you know, how has it evolved and what have you learned from your customers? So coming in, I mean, I have vast experience in pattern making for one, but okay. coming into starting this brand, uh, I did poach um, some really good people from my competitors, uh, not to name specifically who, but I was <laughs> able to take people from the made to measure market and really, you know, apply their knowledge of having worked for those brands for that long. Uh, another big vantage point is the suppliers. Thanks to my brother's connection network in the supply chain, um, mm -hmm. the suppliers that we work with have worked for some of the biggest brands, suit brands in the world. And they give me access to, you know, the competition's um, size specs and patterns where I'm able through data to kind of analyze what our competition does and, you know, Putting all of that together is what got me to be able to create such a on-point pattern. Right. Um, combined with, like you said, the stretch fabric, which also makes it much easier for the garment to mold to your body, even if it's a tag, uh, like a tad too small. Yeah. Uh, it's still comfortable. You don't feel restricted in it. And actually, that's like something that a lot of our clients uh, likes about our suit is the fact that they can kind of size down a bit mm -hmm. and still feel comfortable, you know. Um, so yeah. And then of course the last part, um, has to do with how we present the sizing to our clients. So of course, optimizing the size charts, uh, for both garments and body measurements, and additionally adding supportive AI software like bold metrics, um, to just make it easier for our client to select their sizes. If they don't want to go through the traditional checking their measurements out or whatnot, um, that's also a big factor on getting that size, right? So we've had like uh, a bunch of these kind of partners throughout the years and just a combination of all that just makes it easy for a client to choose the right size off the bat. That's great. Okay. Sustainability. That can mean a lot in this industry um, from fabrics to, you know, when we look at it, it's reducing returns at bold metrics, but you know, you've created this product that's really low maintenance and how, how do you speak to sustainability to your customers and is that like something that you guys really value at XSuit? Definitely. I mean, you know, as our world is evolving, I think sustainability is definitely something that everybody is taking part in to just, you know, try to save as much resources for the planet and be less taxing to it. Um, our approach to sustainability, essentially, and how I present it to our clients is a mix of three things. So the first one you've mentioned, the fact that we are low maintenance. Right. Um, just requires less washing, reducing the resources to maintain your garments, uh, less water, less electricity, and so on. Um, the second has to do with the construction of the garment. So I spent a lot of time making sure that our garment, um, you know, supersedes all our competition in terms of construction, um, meaning I don't skimp out on materials, on stitching, and things of the kind. So essentially, our suit can last. Uh, much longer than a similarly priced suit on the market. So that way you don't need to fall into the fast fashion, um, you know, the right. fast fashion way of purchasing garments. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if a lot of people know this, but specifically in fast fashion brands like Zara, H&M, CNA, uh, they actually have a department that spends time um, finding a way for garments to not last too long. Right. So they want their garments to have some sort of quality standard, but not too high because they could produce them at a higher quality. But if right. they did, you wouldn't come back and keep purchasing from them. 
Yeah. Right. And that's the business model they're in is the volume. They want you to come back, whether it's every three months, six months to replace a year to replace whatever garment you're purchasing from them. So they want to make sure that the fabric color washes off after a certain amount of washes that the stitching kind of gives over a certain amount of time. So that prompts you to come back and purchase more of the same stuff. Right. right. So we're taking the other approach where it's like, hey, let's make our stuff more durable. Uh, let's up the quality standard. Yeah. So that you're not required to continually replace what you're purchasing from us. So right. yes, there's a bit of a premium. You know, if you're going into Zara, you're probably buying a suit for $300, uh, where for us it's 400 bucks. So you're paying that premium, but you get that peace of mind right. where you don't need to continually be replacing that garment. And the last point is obviously the materials we're using, uh, the fabric, the dyes, the chemicals, uh, the nanotechnology chemicals are all sourced with, you know, the environment in mind. Um, I'm working towards having a fully, um, a suit fully made of recycled materials in the near future. Awesome. Right now, I cannot coin the suit as that in the time being, but it is sourced, uh, you know, environmentally friendly. And we're definitely, that's part of the vision of the brand yeah. is to get there. Yeah, it's super important with today's consumers for sure. And it's awesome what you guys are doing in that space around sustainability. How, how did uh, COVID affect you guys? I mean, being a suit company, um, what, it, what happened to your business? Like, what did you learn? Did you have to pivot in any ways? Um, have you come out of it stronger? Like, what, how did that impact you? So we definitely felt... COVID in the beginning of 2020 towards the second quarter, we did see our suit sales uh, dip a little bit due to people not being sure, not going to the office, not being sure of the, of the situation, uh, both financially and globally. Right. So, um, so we definitely had a shift to, to make. Um, my brothers um, run a separate company um, that works in the medical disposable field. So they've been doing that for about 15 years. They're uh, supplying hospitals all over the world with all kinds of disposable goods. And when we started to see that dip occur, my brothers approached me with, you know, the fact that they have compliant suppliers producing masks. They offered to assist me in developing a mask as they saw that there would definitely be a need uh, for people to wear not just medical masks, but more right. for the mass market as at that time, the medical mass supply was kind of limited and reserved for, you know, frontline workers and so on. They proposed for me to produce something more for the mass market while still having filters that are compliant. Yeah. Uh, obviously not medical grade filters, but good enough to wear uh, outdoors and still, you know, keep you shielded for the most part. Um, and yeah, so that was that was kind of a pivot there where we went from, you know, developing our next suit to now developing some fashionable masks and having uh, my brothers outsource the filter production to their to their suppliers. And we ended up launching a collection of three masks. So the X-Mask Air, Mesh and Pro, uh, the Pro being, you know, the big one here that we spent a lot of time and money and resources developing, which has like a patented silicone seal. Um, and yeah, that just took over, um, our business for a good six months that became the primary, you know, seller, uh, between the months of, I would say April till July. That's great. And we're, we're actually very thankful to that as it did yeah. help greatly. Um, when people were a little bit hesitant on purchasing a suit, 
Um, so that did help. And at the same time, um, due to such success selling those masks, we decided to give back to those frontline workers and donate a mask uh, for every one that we sold. So we've donated, I believe, uh, over 40,000 masks to date to hospitals across the U.S., uh, from UCLA to, you know, NYU hospitals, um, as just like a, a thank you for, you know, right. those frontline workers helping us out and uh, for our consumers, you know, purchasing masks from us, we just felt that was the right thing to do to give back yeah. to the community. So we're speaking in, I guess, early summer of 2021. Uh, have you, have you seen like stuff get back to normal now as far as in the suit market? Yeah. So as of the beginning of this year, uh, things picked back up yeah. in terms of suiting shirts, t-shirts, I mean, our core products. Um, so definitely, I mean, we're, we're seeing the market recover. We're seeing obviously thanks to the rollout of the vaccine, um, you know, the world is kind of opening back up a little bit right? and, um, we're kind of starting to see the end of this, right? Yeah. I think everybody is happy about that. And so suit sales are definitely picking back up. That's great. I'm excited, uh, to actually wear a suit. I actually don't, I think the last time I wore a suit was like the summer of 2019 to, a wedding and definitely want to uh, try out an X suit. So um, it's on my list. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would, uh, if you're not, if you're not a daily suit wearer, yeah, I would mm -hmm. definitely hold, hold off till uh, the end of the summer. Yeah. Well, that uh, leads to my next question. I was gonna see if you can share anything that, you know, you're working on, I know you've mentioned to me, you know, this next version. So if you can share that, that'd be great. Um, so oh. funny enough, uh, the next version was supposed to launch last summer, okay. right? So our <laughs> business model is um, we're kind of following Apple in the sense that we don't release you know, a bunch of different products simultaneously. And we're not trying to be a traditional fashion brand that's continually, you know, reinventing itself right. every season. So we're kind of trying to, uh, we're trying to be like more like Apple where we're really spending the time to analyze, um, you know, our customer feedback and to implement more features in our product and essentially upgraded year on year. So that was, um, that was the business model that we were, uh, that we had planned uh, when yeah. starting the brand and 2020 was supposed to be the launch of our Exsuit 3.0. Uh, you know, we had prepared everything. We were just about ready to start producing when, you know, everything shifted due to COVID. Right. So we kind of held that off till this summer, uh, end of this summer, which is when we're planning to come out with the 3.0. So this is actually a product, um, just to let you know, a product that I've been working on since the Exsuit 1.0. Um, so this, this was originally the vision I had for the 1.0. Unfortunately, at that time, some four years ago, the technology was not there yet. Right. So I did have to make some concessions and launch the product uh, as it was then. And, you know, I spent the last three years working on it to get it to where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And uh, so we're really excited to to launch this version. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff in store. 
uh, we'll be doing actually a keynote presentation for the launch of this product to just, because of the amount of technology that we put into this product, we just want to present awesome. it properly. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really going like the tech, the tech model. Um, That's cool. You know, so uh, really excited about that. Um, obviously, I cannot uh, reveal too many of the features, but um, just stay tuned for it. I mean, you'll see it on our website, on our social networks. There's definitely going to be a, a big push on that product. So we're really excited to have that launched. That's uh, and I appreciate the insight to uh, not go out and buy a suit today. Just there's nothing worse than buying like an Apple product and then like three months later they outdo it with something new. So I'm not going to yeah. make the same mistake with the X suit. So thanks for the heads up. No worries. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, right now we're also kind of toning down our marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, we're at the end of this product. So right now we're, you know, mainly the people purchasing it are repeat purchasers and uh, we're not, we're not being very aggressive on the acquisition side of things as you know, we're confident in our, in our 3.0 that it'll definitely be a, a big banger. That's great. Um, well, it was awesome to have you on the show. Uh, we're very excited at Bold Metrics to be working with you guys. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. And I am super excited for the late summer. See what you guys have coming. Same here. It was a real pleasure to take part in this with you, Jeff. And uh, likewise, very excited to work with you guys, hoping we can really build this out to be something special and continue to innovate together. Great. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. This is your host, Jeff Murgy, signing off on another episode of Bold Brands. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Bold Brands or share it with someone that you think might enjoy it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Thanks again for listening.